All right. Today, I want us to continue with the teaching that we have been having. We've been having a series for the times that have been coming to share with us. I want to welcome those ones who are with us for the first time. Sister Sarah, you're welcome. And any other individual who is uh, with us for the first time and for a long time, you've not been with us, feel welcome and God bless you. It's nice to see every single one of you. It's nice to be together again. Praise God. Although most of us are still in their homes, but we will, it's nice to be here and to start feeling the warmth of God in the house of God in the name of Jesus Christ. So quickly, we, want, we turn to the word of God, what we have been studying on. And if you remember, we've been sharing on the aspect of the parable of the sower, of the sower. And as we said last week, or the other time when we shared, that the parable is mainly to do with the soil. It has more to do with the soil than it has to do with the seed. We say that the seed has everything that it needs to be able to grow and to produce. It only needs the right soil to be in, into the right soil, the right soil with the right moisture and with the right setup, with the right texture, the seed will grow, the seed will bring in abundance. But if the seed is found to be in the wrong soil, you realize that the seed fails to give forth its abundance. We studied first, remember, the wayside, the soil that is by the wayside. We called it standing by the wayside. And once again, I remind us, this parable is not just for any, uh, for the unbelievers. This parable is for the saints, for the children of God. And the soil he speaks to, as you remember, is your heart and my heart. The, 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 the texture of your heart and my heart, the time the word of God arrives, determines whether you are going to prosper in that word that comes, or you are not going to receive the blessing of that particular word. Because he says, wherever he sends this word, his word prospers. And it accomplishes what he sends it to do. That is the power of the seed. The seed, which is the word of God, it always prospers. It is guaranteed. That's what God says. It is guaranteed to prosper. But how is it maybe sometimes it does not realize what we have desired to? How is it sometimes it appears maybe that this seed is as if it goes back to God and not having accomplished what it, has, it was sent to accomplish. In our own eyes, sometimes we see that. But it is because it came to a soil that was not able to receive it. And because of that, that word fails to prosper. Now, again, another thing you remember. Let us read what the scripture says, and then we quickly go through the, 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 the remaining aspect of the soil we're going to look at. That is Luke chapter 8, and we read from verse 4, and we, we, uh, we'll jump a few verses and up to verse 15. The word of God says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and as the birds of the air devoured it, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, 
and he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble heart and a good heart, keep it and they bear fruit with patience. Remember the words he said in verse 8 as he finished. He cried and said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What is the Lord saying with those particular words as we delve into what we're going to study today? We are continuing with the rock, that is the rock ground, or the rocky ground, or the stony ground. Realize when he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He is basically placing responsibility on you and on me. He is telling you and I, you have the responsibility to make sure that your soil is prepared and is ready when the word comes. If the word comes and your soul is not ready, realize another strange thing. He says, the devil has the power to come and steal the word that has been sown into the hearts of even the saints and run away with it so that they fail to appreciate or to appropriate the promise of God. And I want you to encourage us tonight. Let us be alert. That's why he says again, I said last week, keep your heart with all diligence. As the word of God says, for out of it are the issues of life. A quick reminder, the wayside, remember, listen to the podcast. And get the, 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 the full gist of the message, messages that we have been learning. That is, the wayside which does not receive the word. The mind you are ever occupied by other things. We said that you are always arguing with the word and you are always resisting the word. You refuse to believe the word. You don't obey. You are not willing to obey the word. The other fourth thing we say, the word is not mixed with faith. It comes, but it finds a ground. You are not, you, you, it's hard. You are not mixed with faith. Nothing can enter in, doesn't even register in your spirit. That the other thing we said, playing in the enemy's field. That is, you receive the word, but you love to take time in the grounds of the enemy. And as such, you find that your word never takes, the enemy is able to steal out away. We said six things. Another thing was sitting on the fence. That is, you, 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 know, you don't want to get involved in the deep end. You're always sitting on the fence looking which side is actually best. That is like the wayside. Now, last week we started on the issue of the heart or the rocky ground. And one of the things we said about the rocky ground, we said is it's a heart that is filled with uncertainty and filled with mixed feelings. We quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. And one of the main things we talked about the rocky ground, we gave an example of the pacemaker. 
the, pace, the pacemaker in a marathon or in any race, the long distance races, the guys begin with everybody. And everybody knows that all these people are running the race. But the pacemaker has got no eye on the crown. The pacemaker has got no plans to reach the end of the race. He starts to run and in fact they usually sprint off into the distance. Everybody starts following them and you say, wow, that guy is so fast. And then after some short time, he's disappeared. You start wondering, where did he disappear to? It's because they are trying to pull the others to come, but they are not part of it. They fizzle away as the race goes by. And we say, do not be a pacemaker. Second thing we said, the peel being the rocky ground is failure to count the cost. We spoke of the way that the Lord has called us unto. It is not an easy road, but it is a, there is grace to enable us to be victorious in the calling that God has called us unto. The other thing we said, the rocky ground is the man or the woman who is always impatient. You never give the word of God time. Remember, the word of God is a seed. Is there any seed you have planted today and in the evening it is ready and you are eating, you have already, it's already full and ready. Every seed has its seasons to pass through, finally to reach harvest time and you are able to feast on it. Likewise with the word of God, as the scripture comes to you and comes to me, God is looking for you to take that scripture, grapple with it, hold on to it, confess that scripture over and over and as you do that you will discover, oh, it's starting to sprout. It's starting to grow. Joy is starting to come within my spirit. So this word actually works. Finally, the fruit comes. And everybody starts asking you, how did it happen? And you, you only say, it is by grace. It is by grace. Why? Because the word has gone through its stages and has been able to bring forth, to bring forth fruit. The, th the next thing that I want us to touch on, and the, uh, the, uh, now the third thing of the rocky, the rocky ground is what, what the Lord says, you are double-minded, you are a, 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 the person with the rocky ground is the person who is double-minded. Now re we read that in James chapter 1 verse 5 to 8, hear what the word of God says in James chapter 1 verse 5 to 8, the rocky ground. Now, I'm talking to believers. I'm not talking to unbelievers. So, even believers, we find ourselves with rocky grounds. And hence, the move of the Spirit is hindered in one way or another. Here's what he says, James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. I hope the word of God is self-explanatory. And the main thing I want you to know, a rocky heart, a rocky ground, is that ground that is double-minded. I am double-minded or you are double-minded concerning a promise that God has given. If we are double-minded about that promise, I'll give you an example. I, when we were young, we used to be told of a hyena. Hyena, you know the hyena? And the hyena had the scent of meat, sweet meat. One was coming with the wind from that side. And then he turned this way 
And there was another saint, another wind blew from that side. And there was saint again. They have got very powerful, powerful sense of smell. They captured, oh, there's another carcass on the other side. And the guy stood by and said, hold on. I can't afford to miss any of these two. I want, I must eat that, and I must eat that. So, and there was a, they reached a place where there was a crossroad. You know, it was going, one was going that way, the other was going the other way. So he reached here and looked at that path. He said, no, this one will go there, and I, I want to get both. So he said, oh, I know what I'll do. One foot I'll place on this one, and the other foot I'll place on this one. So the guy started going. As the other foot, of course, you can guess what it is. He, he continues going, continues going. Finally, what happens? Of course, in the story, you know how the story happens. That he reaches a place, he splits into do, and, and he splits out wide, and he dies. He does not get either of the two. That is exactly what the Bible says. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. May you pray and may I pray that God may grant us grace. We should never be double-minded concerning the things of God. Praise God. Learn to grasp you. Hold on tenaciously. Nothing will move you from what he has said. You will have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, you know, it is though there are those ones who want to have both worlds. You want a rocky ground, wants to have both grounds. That is, you want to have the world and to have, want to have the, 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 the things of God. He says in 1 John 2, verse 15 to 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So, let us shake. Let us shake in our hearts. Is there any love for the world that is still lingering in our spirits? The moment we find that we have love in our world, either for the world in our hearts, it means our hearts are, become, are becoming rocky. The word of God will not be able to thrive at all. It blossoms at that particular moment, then it dies, because it can't take any particular route. Have you found or met any man or any woman who gets married, but unfortunately he's still or she's still in love with the ex? So every time he's embracing his, hus uh, his wife or embracing the husband, they are, they are in mind, their mind, they are thinking of their embracing their ex. So they, they never link with their, their partner. And that's what happens with many of the saints or the children of God in missing the, the promise and the blessing of God. That is, you embrace, you embracing the word of God, but the mind is in the world elsewhere. And as a result, it is a stony ground. You are not able to, be, uh, to, to grasp the fullness of the word. So you are double-minded, or a person who is double-minded, that is a stony ground. May God grant us grace that we may have hearts that are not stony. The fourth aspect is, you are fearful. A stony heart is a man or a woman who is fearful. You underrate yourself. These individuals always underrate themselves. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, hear what the word of God says. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. But every time that you are fearful, you are shy. You feel inadequate. When an opportunity arises, 
you brighten up because the word of God has come unto you. You brighten up and say, yes, I can take that particular chance. I can take that opportunity. Why, you know, in the heat of the moment, yeah, I know I can make it. But then you have a second thought. On second thought, as the thought, second thought starts to come in, you start to shrink from that particular word. He says, the word falls on the stony ground. It sprouts immediately. He receives with joy. But when the temptation comes, he shrivels away and he dies. I want you to look in your heart as I look in mine. How many promises have passed by us because we were not ready? We were fearful. Check in your heart. If you fear fearful, that is, you tend to listen to the second voice. You tend to listen to the alternative word. The word of God comes to you first and foremost. And you know that that is God's word for me. But then the second thought comes and you start thinking that is an indicator to tell you I have become a stony ground. I've become a rocky heart. That is, it sprouted immediately then it goes, it goes down. Hear what he says in Isaiah 51 verse 12 to 16. Isaiah 51 verse 12 to 15. He says, I even I I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die? And of a son of a man who will be made like grass? And you forget the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die in the pit, and that his bread should not fail. But I am the Lord your God, who divided the sea, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to you, you are my people. Say to Zion, you are my people. The Lord is speaking a word into your spirit and into your heart. And he says, who are you that you should fear? Over man, you should fear man. You should fear anything whatsoever. He says that exile, you know, he cries, he hastens to run away. He, because he says, oh, my bread will fail. Or what? But he says, I am the Lord who comforts you. I am on your case. I am holding you in my hands. Don't be quick to give in or to give up. Don't allow the rocky ground. Don't allow your heart to become rocky because of fear. Fear causes the hearts of the saints to become hard. And hence the word of God does not manage to penetrate and take root into their lives. Remember what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8. He says these wonderful words, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed or nor be discouraged. That is Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. Do not fear. He will not forsake you. Do not fear nor be discouraged nor be dismayed. Take heart, my brother and my sister. 
Remember what he said in Philippi, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. He will not leave you. He will not leave your family. He will not forsake you. Do not fear. Praise God. Remember what we, we say. The heart that is filled with uncertainty. Don't be uncertain concerning what God is saying. Don't be mixed with, have mixed feelings concerning the word of God. Believe it because it works. Believe it because it cannot return void to the Father. It has everything in it that is required to make you prosper, to make you stand firm, to make you victorious for the glory and for the honor of his wonderful name. Do not, you know, stand and count the cost. Be ready to go through the fire so that you may achieve your promise. Be patient with what it is that the Lord is doing in your life. Don't be a microwave Christian who wants it yesterday, always yesterday. You don't want to wait. I want it now, 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 now. If you are not now, I'm going to the world. I've met people who have decided, Lord, provide me. I've met men or women either way. One who said, if you don't give me a man to marry me today, I'm going to the world. I'll get a man of the world. If you don't give me a wife, I'll go to the world and get a woman that is in the world and get married. I want to get married yesterday. And the father is saying, hold on, child. Your, 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 your life partner is around the corner. Just wait. He or she is coming, he's coming, he's coming. But no, 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 no. I'm running, Lord, I'm, I'm already late. And what happens? You know the story. The last, the, last, the, last, the last aspect, and then we finish on this one. You have a name that you are a believer in Jesus, but really, in reality, you are not. That is, on the outside, everybody can say that, yeah, so-and-so is, so-and-so is the believer. He goes to church. He reads the word of God. He does everything that every Christians do. But you know very well that you, that is not complete. Because when God looks at your works, when God looks at your emotions, when God looks at your attitude, he discovers that this particular man or this woman is not in the right setting. Listen what the word of God says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. And to the angel of the church inside is right. These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. That you have a name. That you are alive. But you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. That are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you, therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in service, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, you have a name. That is, you thrive on what others say. People encourage you to say that, oh, you are doing very well, you are doing good. But you know inside that you are shriveling. You are dying that I don't, you don't believe this particular word. 
That is, you know how to act right. But the issue is, it is not actually in the heart you are doing it to be able to impress. You look at the film industry. If you look at the film industry, you will know what I'm talking about. It is a multi-billion industry. There's so much money. But you know what? 99% of what they act, or maybe even almost 100% of what is acted in the, in the, in the, in the film industry, is it the truth? Ask yourself, is it the truth? All of them, it is acts, fiction, fiction. And yet, there is so much money that is being poured into it. It's the most lucrative industry. But yet, it is a lie. You have a name of being alive, but you're dead. Let us not be like the film actors. They live, a, 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 it is a fake life. And it is an illusion. We've not been called to live an illusion. You've been called to live the life of Christ. Praise God. And for Christ to be fully manifest in you. And finally, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. If you remember what the word of God says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice iniquity. I want you to remember those words. When he says, I never knew you. I want you, when he looks at you and when he looks at me, let us ask ourselves, does he recognize me? Just ask yourself that question, does the Lord recognize me? Because he says, I never knew you to these people. Ask yourself, does he recognize me? Secondly, remember, you are known. A fruit, a tree is not known by the leaves. A fruit, any tree can produce leaves and they will blossom. But generally, mostly, the tree is known by its fruit. Now, question you ask yourself, and I ask myself, do I have any fruit to really prove or show who I am? Do you have any fruit to really, truly show who you are or what you are? I mean, the Lord grant us grace that we be not the wayside which does not receive the word which the enemy simply steals away. May the Lord grant us grace that we be not the rocky ground which fails to appreciate and appropriate the word that has been planted into it. It blossoms so quickly and then discovers, hold it. it is, there's a cost to pay. Nah, I was thinking it was for free. And here we let go of the promises of God. May God grant us grace to be found victorious in Jesus' name. Father.